All right, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. First, I uh, want to thank everybody for uh, making the time to, to be here today. We're very excited for uh, a wonderful program, and uh, we're very excited to have some uh, amazing people, some amazing priests, some uh, uh, excellent professionals in their field that have dedicated their time to, uh, to share with, our, with us their, their spiritual and their educational knowledge, because we know this is a very broad topic uh, when you talk about mental health. So I'll just uh, mention something very brief about Father Jonah, and uh, I'll uh, just leave him the floor. So, uh, Abuna Jonah was born in Egypt, and uh, he moved out here when he was 15 years old. So uh, he has a very good balance of the Egyptian culture and the American culture, because he pretty much spent the majority of his life here. Um, so that tells you he's over 30 years old, but I'm not going to tell you how old he is. But if he came at 15 and the majority of his life is here, that means he's over 30, right? So he earned his, uh, his BS in psychology at uh, Cal State University of Long Beach, and then his PsyD in clinical psychology. So that's big stuff right there. And uh, he did his residency at... Uh, at Presidential Hospital in D.C., the Naval Medical Hospital in Bethesda. And then he became a naval officer for eight years. And that was um, very interesting for me to, to hear about. So he worked with uh, the Marine Corps and the Air Force and uh, a lot of cool stuff in, in that area of the world. He has three sons, and uh, I, I just got to uh, uh, to meet them a few minutes ago. They're They're super cute, so... Uh, his hands are full with that, and uh, he became a priest four years ago, and he's serving now at St. George in Balflower. So thank you, Buna, for your time and energy, and we look forward to uh, your, um, your presentation. Thank you so much. Thank you, Buna. Well, f- first of all, I would like to, uh, <clears throat> to thank you all and thank Buna Joseph for inviting us and uh, allowing us to be here um, with all of you and take the blessings of this uh, wonderful church. Um, just for the sake of time, we'll go ahead and, uh, and, and start with what we're going to be uh, talking about today, which is mental health. Um, usually, I don't like this to be one direction, so I'm going to ask a lot of feedback from you as we talk. Um, this way, I know you're still awake, and, uh, and also I, uh, I would be able to kind of not get bored of just hearing my voice too much. Um, so... What is mental health? Silence. <laughs> I know we have some professionals in the audience, but um, I mean mental health professionals, you're all professional, but I mean mental health professionals, but I want to hear from everyone else. So what is mental health? When we hear mental health, what do, you, what do we think about? The state of your mind. The state of your mind. Great, wonderful. Come on. Someone else, throw something at me. Not literally, but an answer. <laughs> what is mental health? Someone crazy is mental health, right? Hearing things, seeing things is mental health. Being anxious is mental health. What is mental health? When we, when we hear the word mental health, what comes to mind? Okay. Great, we hear we, depression, we start thinking of illnesses. Okay. 
Okay? Great. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, so yes. Mental health refers to um, the maintenance of successful mental activity. So where is mental health relocated in our body? So when we talk mental health, are we talking about feelings in the heart? Are we talking about thoughts in our mind? What are we talking about? Both. So mental health, is it located in one place? Where does it start? A lot of the time we notice mental health when I start feeling different. So is that where it starts? Some, I'm hearing some heads are nodding. I see some heads are nodding. That's actually mental health starts here. Mental health starts with a simple thought. So it's, it's all in your mind. Okay? So, a lot of... Thank you. A lot of the time we hear people say, you know, if, if someone is struggling with a mental health issue, I hear people some, sometimes say, just snap out of it. Just, just don't do it. Just think differently. Is it that easy? Let me give you an example. If someone is asthmatic, someone has an asthma, can you just tell them, just snap out of it? If someone has a broken arm, can you tell them, come on, just get over it, move on? Right? If someone has the flu, stop sneezing. Right? What are you doing coughing? But sometimes we think that mental health is, is so in your control, or so in the person's control, that the person can just turn the switch on and off. And that's oftentimes is the stigma of mental, mental health. And that's what stops people from seeking help when they need a profession, to see a mental health professional. Or simply just ask for help, not even, not even from a professional, sometimes even from a priest. Sometimes people come and say, Abuna, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed, Abuna. Why? Because I feel anxious. What's so embarrassing about it? But it's that stigma that's associated with anything that is related to mental health. So, mental health refers to the maintenance of successful mental activity. So, how we think, how we uh, um, navigate life, um, how, how do we operate in everyday activity determines whether or not we have a, a mental, we're mentally healthy or we need a... Uh, uh, um, some maintenance to our mental health. So, stress could be one of those mental health issues that we deal with every everyday um, basis. Um, driving can be stressful. Um, some jobs can be stressful. Uh, home can be stressful. Service can be stressful. Stress surrounding us everywhere. So how we deal with stress is a sign of whether or not you are mentally healthy. All right. Um, this presentation was mainly made for teenagers, um, but the information applies to all of us. So I, I, I didn't find a point of reinventing the wheel. The information is the same. Um, sometimes it's hard to avoid feeling distressed. 
Um, if you have a test, a big test, how can you help control not worrying about the test? Did, did, did anyone have a test and went to the test and really completely not worrying about it? If it's an important step, it's hard. Right? When people are going to take the written test in the, at the GMV, they, they, they come to church and they have to attend the liturgy and put a paper on the altar and Buna pray for me and, and they take a confession appointment. All these are great things. But it also means that they're so worried about how they're going to do on that test. That's stress. And that's okay. Is all stress bad? Stress, stress is a good thing. But too much stress can be bad. Yeah. So learning how to manage stress will make a big difference uh, in, in how you are going to cope with life and your overall mental health. So like we said, worrying about certain things is normal. If you have, if you have an exam and you're worrying about the exam is normal. Um, if, you, uh, if, if you're waiting for a loved one and they're late for uh, you know, coming home or, um, or meeting them somewhere, you, you tend to feel maybe a little bit worried. Uh, if your kids are late somewhere, you worry about them. If your kids have homework and it's not done, you worry about them. Um, so worry and stress is a normal part of life but within a healthy dose. Okay. However, the, the other side of that is feeling too stressed, too worried. So if we said that stress is okay and worry sometimes can be okay, when, when does it become a problem? When it impedes your ability to function in your daily activities. I'm sorry, I didn't hear. Not enough sleep. When, you, when, you, when your mind is working all the time, you're so worried that you're losing sleep over it. What else? You start experiencing panic attacks. Your heart is about to jump out of your chest. You're sweating. You can't control it. You're breathing so heavily. And, and you feel like you're completely losing, losing control of your body. What else? Fighting, yes, absolutely. No peace. You can't concentrate on things. You cannot get things done because you're too stressed. That's when you know that you're crossing the normal threshold of stress and worry. So mental illness can occur when the brain or part of the brain is not working well or is working in the wrong way. So if there is a brain injury, certain parts of the brain, like for example, um, the, the amygdala. What happens if you have a, an, a, an injury in the amygdala? Anyone knows? What? There's no fear. Your emotions are out of control, right? Because amygdala controls our emotions. You're maybe too anxious, too depressed. Um, so, or working the wrong way, producing too much of something, or not producing enough of something. So, all this could be the result. These, these can be the, um, the biological aspects 
that involved or that impact your mental health? What other aspect can, can impact an individual's mental health? An injury, okay. Diet, okay. Loss. Loss, life experiences, right? Dramatic events. Dramatic events. I actually I specialize in trauma, um, because a lot of what I did in the military was um, treating um, sailors and soldiers um, and, and 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 Marines that come back from war with PTSD. So uh, I spent many years doing that. Also, part of what I did was um, I was in charge of a, a team. Um, the Navy saw there was a need to uh, form a team. They call it the SPRINT team, Psycho- Psychological, Psychiatric Rapid Response and Intervention Team, um, SPRINT. And so what we did was we responded to any type of a tragic event that happened anywhere on a military installation in the world. Uh, whether it was in the middle of nowhere in the in the water, or in the deserts of Afghanistan, or you know in the backyard of the White House, um, so if anything takes place anywhere, we were there. Why? Because sometimes those events can be overwhelming to a whole command. A lot of people experiencing a certain event can, can be greatly impacted by that experience. How about parenting? The way you are raised, does that impact your mental health? Anyone thinks this has nothing to do with mental health? Grad, we're all on the same page. Actually, uh, part of what we do at St. George, um, we do a, a parenting educational class. Actually, Julia is in charge. Julia, raise your hand. Julia is in charge of this class um, program. It's been going for uh, for two and a half years now, um, and it's been great educating people about the impact of parenting on the mental health of their children. So, um, very important. Um, so, I'm sorry great percentage. I would say 65 to 70% the impact of the home on the mental health of the individual. Um, I also teach a, uh, um, a child development master's level course and we spend at least six class sessions on the impact of the parent-child relationship on the development of that child. Um, because research tells us over and over and over again that the personality of the child is formed by age what? Five months. Five months. Five months. Five months. Five months. Five years. The first five years is the most crucial years in a child's life. So if you're not aware of what's happening, then causing, you're maybe causing great harm um, to the child. So, six functions of mental health that impact whether or not we are mentally healthy. The way we think, 
the way we perceive things, the way we feel our emotions, the way we anticipate relationships, our physical health, and our behavior, of course. There's a beautiful model, it's called the ABC model, that's driven from cognitive behavior therapy, and it says this. It says how you think, impact how you feel, and impact how you act. So all starts where? Up here. So for example, since we talked a little bit about parenting. So if, if a child thinks that he's not smart, how do you think he's going to feel? Very down, very insecure. How do you think he's going to act? So when, when, when this child has a class, has a test, what do you think his perception of himself going into that test? I'm a failure. Last week I had a little kid that was acting out at church. So I pulled him aside and I said, Hi Habibi, do you know why, you know why we're meeting? And he said, well I know Abuna of course because I'm a bad boy. And I said, wait, I never said that. Who said you're a bad boy? He said, everyone tells me I'm a bad boy. My mom tells me I'm a bad boy. My dad tells me I'm a bad boy. Everyone tells me I'm a bad boy, so I know I'm a bad boy. How do you think this child is going to act? Exactly how a bad boy is supposed to act. Right? We call it the schema. The schema, his schema in his mind is how he sees himself in his mind. Impact how he behaves. I'm a bad boy, so I'm going to act like how bad boys are expected to act. I'm going to act... So I'm going to do things that fit my schema of a bad boy because that's the expectation of everyone from me in order for me to function in this society. So I'm going to try to go through the slides as fast as I can so I can leave room for questions. Um, so what, what can symptoms be like or what are some, some of the symptoms that uh, result from uh, poor mental health? Um, thinking difficulties and it can go from um, you know difficulty concentration concentrating to very very distorted thoughts and thinking um, to, to ex extreme uh, psychosis sometimes um, so um, extreme emotional highs and lows so people become extremely overly sensitive so if you tell them, um, you know, um, hey, you, uh, thanks for doing a great job today, but you did this one thing, or this, this could have been done this way. Oh my gosh, hell breaks loose, and they're crying, and they're so emotional, and, and they're apologizing for the next week. Okay. Extremely emotional people. Very sensitive. Okay. Um, or some people will be just sitting down and, and, and all of a sudden they're just crying for no reason. It happens a lot with, um, with new, new mothers. It's part of what we call postpartum. Um, because their, their hormones are not in balance. And so they, sometimes they're just crying for no reason. Or, or I mean, you would ask them, what, what, what makes you sad? I'm like, I don't know. Did something happen? Nothing. Did I do something? 
No? Then I'm good. Um, <laughs> you always have to make sure you're on the right side of the equation. Um, and sleep problems. So people have difficulty sleeping, and of course from sleep problems results in another big cycle of stress. So they're not doing well at work, they're not concentrated on their driving, they're not concentrated on what needs to be done, their things are falling apart, um, and it becomes a big cycle. So when these symptoms significantly disrupt, and that's the key, when there is a disruption in life, when I get someone in my office, when I used to have an office, um, and they would say, Doc, I, I have a problem. I think I have a mental, mental disorder. And I say, well, let's see. One of the things we look for is disruption in daily life. And it has to be at least in two areas of, of daily life. Um, so the person cannot function because of this, of this thing. I remember I used to have a, uh, and I smile because he used to laugh about it all the time. Um, um, a, a patient that was OCD, obsessive compulsive pers- uh, disorder. And he had this habit of having to turn on and off the light 54 times, not 55, not 53. And if he miscounts, he has to start all over again. And so his wife was very frustrated with him so she brought him because I, 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 can't, I can't deal with this. It takes us 30 minutes just to leave the house because it's just counting, turning on and off the light. So it causes great disruption. Um, so disruption at home and the same thing at work because he was a supervisor at work and, and you know, he was working at a bank and there is a light switch that he, you know, you can't just leave one person at a bank when you leave. Two people have to leave and, and, and lock up at the end. So the person that has to stay with him, in, uh, you know, at the bank was, you know, so people were complaining. So what are the causes of mental illnesses? We talked about this a little bit. Um, it's complicated. I had never had a patient in my office that said, well, what's going on with me is simple. It's always complicated. So it could be genetic. Some mental illnesses are inherited, um, such as an anxiety in the complete umbrella of an anxiety with the exception of PTSD. Um, But an anxiety is inherited. Uh, Depression is inherited. Psychosis is inherited. Um, what else? Some learning disabilities are inherited, like ADHD, for example, is, is hereditary. Um, environment. <clears throat> so the biological, environmental, both, both, both of these have great impact on, on the developmental of a mentally healthy brain and individual. Um, So what, what do we know about the causes of mental illness? The symptoms of mental illness are the result of abnormal brain functioning. We already mentioned that a little bit ago. Um, it is a brain disorder. It, it starts always here. Um, and it is, is rarely ever the cause of stress alone, which means there is always an environmental factor that 
caused the, um, the, the difficulty or the, the triggering of the illness. I know we said some of these are hereditary, but when you have a hereditary condition and an environment that's overly stressful, <clears throat> having a hereditary condition does not mean it will necessarily show. Having a hereditary condition means that you are prone to it if it is triggered. So if you have an environment that triggers the, 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 the issue that you've been prone to, then it will surface up and it will show. Um, these are some of the myths regarding mental illness. Um, so it is not the consequence of poor parenting or bad behavior. Of course, we know this is wrong. That's why we have the X sign up there. Um, because we know research after research, time after time, that meant the parenting um, is, has a great impact on the development of mental illness and resiliency in children. Um, it is not the result of personal weakness or, defi or deficits in personality that could be the cause. Um, there, there could be personality issues that, ca that are causing mental illnesses. Um, it is not the manifestation of malevolent, malevolent uh, spiritual intent. So sometimes people take spirituality um, overboard. What I mean by this is so people relate everything to spirituality. So they don't want to understand that could, part of this could be biological and part of this could be, um, could be an illness that needs to be addressed outside of spirituality. And as a priest, I find myself having to do a lot of that education, uh, especially we are coming from a Middle Eastern culture, very highly spiritual culture, um, with great stigma to mental illness. So people want to relate everything to, to spirituality. You're depressed because you don't pray enough. You are psychotic because you do not have not attended the liturgy for the past two weeks. Um, or, I don't need to go see a professional, I'll just pray and God will take care of it. Well, God created science and God allowed for this to be present for a reason. Yes, God can do everything, but God works through us. And so, I had a, uh, a gentleman who um, was extremely paranoid and as a result of his paranoia, he, developed, he started developing psychotic features. So he started hearing things. So he would come to me and tell me, Abuna, Archangel Michael told me that I have to take communion three times in a row and I will be fine. Saint Mary spoke to me yesterday and she said to go sit with Abuna Jonah and whatever he's going to tell you will heal you. Or, Abuna, God spoke to me, and I have a mission to defeat the devil and to bring people back to him. And he would come tell me these things on a consistent basis. And I keep telling him the same thing over and over and over again. He said, God loves you, but I need to go see a professional. He said, no. God promised me that this time he's going to heal me. 
And regardless what I say. So taking spirituality overboard. Um, so nutritional factors. We know if someone is malnutritioned um, or someone is obese, it impacts their mental health, it impacts how they, their perception of themselves, uh, impacts how uh, they think others think of them. Um, we know that a healthy mind is in a healthy body, so uh, its nutrition is very important. Uh, poverty impacts mental health. Any idea how? Does not or does? Let me explain. This is, this, these are myths. That's why there's the X sign in red. These things are not true. What is written on the screen is not true. I'm just... Yes? Inadequate. Inadequate what? Sure, sure. What else? Parents may not know how to handle certain situations with their kids and they're not around. Poor supervision. Right? Do you think poor supervision impacts the child's upbringing? Absolutely. They think their, their ability to access uh, adequate nutrition would impact their mental health? Absolutely. Do you think growing up in, an, in, in a safe environment would impact their mental health? Absolutely. I worked for a year at, uh, at Richmond High School. Anyone heard of Richmond High School? Okay. Good. Um, have you seen Coach Carter, the movie? All right. So it was the football coach of that, of that school. Richmond High School, is, it's in Richmond, California, up north. That's where I went to school for my master's and my doctorate. So I did a lot of my um, practicums up north. Um, so Richmond High School, in, in, in a very, very bad area, it is um, considered number five worst high school in the nation. This high school is built, the structure of the high school was taken from the blueprints of the Alcatraz. Do you guys know the Alcatraz? The famous prison? Yes. So the way it was built, it was built in a way that different parts of the school can be separated if needed. So if you're at the north part, you cannot go to the south part. It's basically a lockdown. There's metal bars everywhere. And to go from one part of the school to the other part of the school, they have a specific badge and they have to, to buzz you in. It's, this is a high school. So, and it was built this way because this area is known for drugs and gang activities. Um, people would be stabbed on campus. Um, I heard there was a rape incident on campus, things like that. It's, it's, very, it's very hard. So how do you think the kids, the freshmen entering this high school, their mindset would be like going into that high school? Ready how? They're already a criminal, okay. Scared? Fearful? Yes, lack of trust. What else? I had a, I had a kid, a ninth grader, came up to me, 
And, um, and he said, Doc, can I take my, the, um, my classes at home, be homeschooled? And I said, why? And he said, because my dad was from one gang. My uncle joined the opposite gang. And both gangs are in this school. And I have to choose between which gang I'm going to join. Otherwise, I'm going to be picked on. How do you think this kid is going to be acting going to school? Extreme, how is he going to feel waking up in the morning? Can you imagine? Extreme anxiety. Extreme anxiety. So, yes, we ended up homeschooling that kid. So, poverty play, plays a big role. So, many mental health begins during childhood, persists into adolescence, and into adulthood if is not addressed. Um, some of these, for example, like we mentioned, ADHD, um, some autism spectrum disorders, if they're not addressed at a, at a very, very, very young age, um, then the likelihood of, the ch of this child lear learning or, or doing better or improving um, is, is d decreases um, greatly if, um, if they're not offered the services or the treatments they need as children. Um, and I have Julia as an expert in that. Um, generalized anxiety disorder and anxiety, if the child is not um, is feeling anxious and their anxiety is not addressed as children, they grow up with it. And Abuna James is going to go in details about these disorders. Um, some illnesses begin during adolescence um, with maybe some adjustment disorders, uh, hitting puberty, uh, feeling that they need to fit in or they're not fitting in, uh, societal norms and expectations. Um, plays a big role in how uh, adolescents and teens uh, adjust. Um, I, uh, I had a girl at church that stopped coming to church completely. And, um, and when I went to visit her, I realized that she had um, a self-esteem issue because she felt she's not pretty enough. Although she looked just fine. She's not someone that you'd pick from the crowd and say, oh, you don't, you stand out. No, she doesn't. She fits right in. Actually, I think she's more on the, um, you know, on, on the good-looking side. But she compares, himself to, to, compares herself to what she sees in magazines, uh, advertisements, um, and commercials. Um, and she had come, came up with the conclusion that I am not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. So, so, does that mean if someone develops a mental illness, they're screwed for life? No. No. As long as you receive proper help, help and or build what we call resiliency. Anyone knows what resiliency is? What is resiliency? I can't hear. Not being, Not being knocked down. Like a buff guy. I like that. What else? 
I'm sorry? Mamba mentality. Okay. Uh, okay. Yes. Yes. How does that work? Can Can you go to Walgreens and tell them I need some resiliency pills? Take a resiliency pill in the morning and you'll build resiliency. It's mental fitness. It's your mental muscles. You know how you work out and you build some good muscles? Not a Christian like me. And you build resiliency. Right? Resiliency happens through experiences. Yes, although we say that poverty and, 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 um, and poor upbringing might impact a person's mental health, but some people that go through this experience might come out tougher and they're more resilient towards stressors later on in life. So, we try to build resilient children so they can go through life with mental fitness, a stronger mental fitness. Um, Some people have severe and persistent mental disorders which respond poorly to current treatments. That that can be the case. Um, which in in some cases people has to be have to be medicated for life in order to, in order to do okay in order to be able to function. A lot of it has to do with psychotic disorders. Um, um, and, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, with the rapid uh, uh, usage of drugs, street drugs, a lot of, a lot more people are developing more of uh, drug-related psychotic disorders. Um, and they have to be on medication sometimes for, for their life. Otherwise, once they stop, things come back. Certain uh, uh, bipolar diagnoses, uh, especially those diagnosed with maybe mania or extreme depression, um, might be on medication for some time. Um, the majority of people have a friend, acquaintance, and family who has a, had a mental disorder. Basically, you probably know someone that is um, having to deal with a mental disorder, mental illness, a mental struggle. Um, so what do we do? Uh, I'll, I'll leave Abuna uh, James to talk more about the resources that we have. Um, but the least I can say is don't ignore it. Do something about it. Whether if it's you, your spouse, your children, your brother, sister, friend, father, mother, whatever person that you care for and care about, or if yourself, help them receive the help they need, or you do not be shy to seek the help. It is like anything else that you go to the doctor for. Um, do not let the stigma be a stumbling block for you when it comes to, uh, to you needing or asking for help. Um, I had a, um, a child last week that I have you know, approached the mom from the, from the class Julia teaches, from the parenting class, and she said, actually the mom approached me and she said, Abuna, what do you think is going on with so-and-so? And I said, I honestly think that he has ADHD and he needs to be diagnosed and he be, needs to be treated. 
And she said, okay, Buna, where do I go? And I gave her some resources. And the dad came in. And he said, she tried to explain to him. He had nothing, you know, did not want to hear it. She said, well, go talk to Abuna. So he came to talk to him. She's like, Abuna, what is it you're talking about? Regarding, you know, Hamada. And, and I told him, you know, I think he has this. And um, I think he has ADHD and he needs help. And he said, nope, my son is absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with him. I said, what do you have to lose? Just go get him checked. She's like, he's like, no way. What do you think the problem is? Stigma. Stigma. He's afraid that I will be correct, which from the little experience I have, I know I, I am. And he is going to have to be facing an issue or you know, having to make a decision regarding the mental health of his son. So I tried to educate him about, you know what will happen if you do not address this issue appropriately right now? He is only seven years old. You know how he's going to act when he's eight, nine, 10, 13, 14, 15? You know the struggle he has to go through because you do not want to do this? And I told him, what happens if he, if he has a broken arm and you don't, and you don't treat it? Of course, he couldn't tell me anything. He couldn't answer me. So I told him, at least consider it. At least consider it. He said, well, I don't want to give him medication. I was like, you don't have to. At least take the first step. Go to the doctor and see what the options are. It's for the well-being of your son. So I'll follow up with him today and see what, what happens. Um, yes, ma'am. Parents refuse their kids to get medicated. They think maybe in a few years ahead they will grow out of it. So it's like Wahid Shaki, ADHD. Oh, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. It's like back home, it's okay. But here, parents, they said, no, our kids are Your story said, my son is fine. It's okay. I don't want to give him any medication. Mm-hmm. Well, I. Yes, that's true about ADHD. Sometimes people outgrow it. Sometimes with maturity, people outgrow ADHD. But what happens until that takes place? What kind of feedback is going to be getting from the environment? And what if it doesn't happen? Then what? You're just going to leave him struggling at school, struggling at church, struggling at Sunday school, everybody complaining about him. Because he can't sit still, because he's as you know he's acting out, because he's bumping into things, because he's running in front of the in front of cars and might get hit, and just because you don't want him to get checked. Sure. Even if that's the case, what do you have to lose if you go to the doctor and the doctor says, "Nope, your son is fine." Tell me, Abuna, you're wrong, and my son is fine, and I will be happy. The, med- the, the, medica- the medication, the medication, especially of ADHD medications, are, are those that, that the class of medication that works right away, and you don't have to take it if you don't need it. They call it, they have drug holidays when it comes to those type of medications. So, 
But if the child needs it, and I've seen difference between day and night, between kids that take it and kids that don't. Their their grades change, you know, drastically. Um, their their feedback, the report card is very different. Their Sunday school teachers talk about them very different, and no one really has to know. Yeah, of course, and and you don't have to take it, the, you know, every day, weekends. You don't want to give it to them. Don't give it to them. One of the, just as much as we advocate for the kids to go seek medication with families, I think it's also our responsibility because we're from the Egyptian culture to understand and like not ignore the fact that the stigma is really a problem. Yeah. People seriously think that if they enroll their child with, with a psychiatrist or a psychologist, then their kid is crazy. Like we, we need to understand that that's what they think and that's okay. Like it's okay to think that, but like let's work on it and let's talk more about it. Let's bring it up more and, and normalize it as, a, as part of treatment, not as part of like shaming. But it's like this is how we're gonna get better together sort of like approach as opposed to, wait, 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 what? You don't wanna go to a doctor to get your kids treated? No, 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 something's wrong with you as a parent because that approach makes it even worse, I think. I've seen it like in our church some of our parents. So I think, I think not ignoring that the stigma is also real and validating the parents' feelings like, in, in that sense. Sure, you're absolutely right. And that's why we do days like this of, of educating people and destigmatizing the, uh, um, the, the, the mental health field because all of us need help. I, I remember in, uh, um, in college, I, I, I saw the school psych- psychologist and I went and I sat with him because it was very stressful and, and it was very helpful to me. And again, I'm not saying the only treatment is medication. There's other options. But this is the one that people usually jump to. It doesn't have to be medication. It could be sim- as simple as let's put a structure together and have the child follow the structure. And some children do and they're fine. They don't need to touch anything chemically. That's fine. Um, but, but yes, we do a lot of validation. Um, and we educate. And it's up to, you know, to the parent whether or not they would like to follow along with it. But I, like I said, I had parents that come back and say, Abuna, thank you. This is the best advice I had. My son that I thought, you know, I was crying every every night going to bed because how stressful he made me become and how chaotic the house was into this very different person. And we're actually now enjoying family time. We couldn't go to trips, we couldn't do activities, we couldn't we couldn't visit family because he would just go into any environment and just cause destruction. So it's it's great. It's great. And I even, ha- I even had some people say, Abuna, can I give him medication, the, the medicine in the morning before you come to church? Um, and I said, sure. If, if you think that's helpful to them, then do it. Because now they can dress and they can stand with the deacons and they can respond. And instead of going back and forth and this Ammu is telling him to stop and this Ammu is telling him to be quiet and, and this uncle is talking to his parents afterwards and this tante is telling him, where are you going? You're not a good boy. You, you can't be a deacon. And, why? Why? Why put the child through all this stress? I mean, I come from a very big church, so we have abundance of children. Please come visit us sometime. Um, all right. Any thoughts, questions, concerns? Yes, ma'am. I wonder, uh, 
question, like maybe we need a church now, like they do the premarital thing. Maybe we need this for like for servants, for priests even, to have better understanding of the the cases that we have at church. I mean, every church has like it's, it's ADHD is like I think it's seventeen percent or something in the range. Uh, autism also is increasing. We just we don't have enough knowledge or understanding at churches, and it's not it's very stressful outside church. So you need the church to be less stressful if you have cases like that with your kids or with loved ones. So um, we we actually did have a um, a couple of days and, um, and and talks with the priests a lot of mental health something very similar to what you just had um, we uh, we have programs in, in church like like what I said mentioned earlier Julia is doing is the parenting um, a lot of what we talk about and ed, a lot of education to parents about these things and the feedback we get is amazing I mean Julia can tell you all about it People really, really appreciate it. Pe- parents look forward to it. Uh, we have a WhatsApp group that parents are interacting together and uh, you know addressing things throughout the week, uh, questions and answers throughout the week. If something comes up, they say, "Hey, my son did this. What do you think I should do?" And and it's it's amazing. It's amazing. So we are very active. I mean, thanks to Abuna Joseph, we have a, a day like this. Um, I want the resources of Buna James, and he will be giving you the next talk. Um, we do have um, programs in the diocese installed. You'll hear more about it. 